Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Boy, Biden taking a lot of L's courtesy of the Supreme Court hammer. We have uh, affirmative action, removing that from college. We have, um, I mean, going back to last year, Roe v. Wade, we have um, the Colorado forced speech, you know, striking down um, uh, compelled speech statute in Colorado. You know, if you're a uh, baker and you don't want to make a, a gay cake for a, a couple you don't have to do that and college debt is another one that they uh, struck down today there's no such thing as free money i was listening to the news at the top of the hour and there was some advocate who had really hitched their wagon to the free college plan how embarrassing to say that out loud like there is no such thing as free Money, especially when it comes to college. <laughs> My God. Uh, let's go to the drivehubor.com hotline and bring on Tommy Piggott. He's the RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, it's amazing to watch people melt down because they can't get free money from the government. Well, the thing is, it's also, I think the next step to that is it's not even free, government, free money from the government. It's free money from people who didn't go to college. It's free money paid for by people who paid off their student debt, who made decisions to not go to an expensive university or to get a less expensive option or just make a different career choice. So it's not free money from an abstract organization. It's free money from people who made concrete decisions to be responsible and to pay off their own debt. There was this powerful exchange from a few years ago where Elizabeth Warren was confronted by a father who said, I, I worked a double shift. I remember that. I yeah. made responsible choices. Yeah, exactly. And he was asked, when am I getting my money back? And she said, you're not. And I think that is the fundamental unfairness of this, that someone could be irresponsible or, or even make decisions uh, that maybe in hindsight they should have maybe adjusted uh, versus someone who could be responsible, someone who made decisions, someone who made sacrifices and paid off that debt. And the fact that we're now asking them to pay again, I think most Americans think that's fundamentally unfair. You know, when it becomes campaign season, you get a lot of crazy promises from people. And Joe Biden and the political left in this country, they've put everything out there from free college to this and that. It's actually kind of refreshing and it restores faith in humanity when you see the Supreme Court come out and go, you can't do that. What are you thinking? What are you smoking? I'm paraphrasing, of course, here, but it's actually refreshing to see the Supreme Court look at all this ridiculousness and call it for what it is. And I think ridiculous is the perfect word for it, because guess who also agreed that it was unconstitutional to do this just mere years ago? Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. Yeah. They explicitly said yeah. that the president did not have the authority for this. So I think ridiculous is the absolute perfect word to describe this. They knew it was unconstitutional and they did it anyway. So I think the bigger question is, is not what the left likes to say, like, why did the Supreme Court block this? The bigger question is, why did Joe Biden do something that was so obvious and blatantly unconstitutional? Something that he knew was unconstitutional. And I think it's because for all his talk of restoring norms, he doesn't care about norms. He only cares about politics. He doesn't care about actually helping people. He's, he cares about scoring political points. 
We need to figure out why college is so expensive. We need to figure out a way that people can access the American dream without going into massive amounts of debt. We need to figure out if there's other paths that we can create besides having people go to college. But usurping authority like this in a way that's blatantly unconstitutional and forcing people to pay for loans they didn't take out is not the way to do that. And sticking with the... um with the college aspect here, the Supreme Court removed affirmative action for colleges uh, yesterday. This was another huge thing um, regarding, I think, specifically North Carolina and Harvard, but it basically eliminated affirmative action for colleges. Talk a little bit about that and what what this means moving forward. Well, basically, it means that you can't use racial discrimination as a factor in college admissions. And when you say that, which is the fact of the matter, I believe that close to 90 percent of Americans would agree with that. But the problem yeah. is... If you listen to Joe Biden's speech, it's obvious he didn't read the opinion because the opinion that overruled these affirmative action cases said that, of course, someone can talk about their own life. They can talk about how they've overcome issues regarding race or income or other hardships. They can talk about how that's formed their opinions, formed them as a person, and that can be considered by college admissions. I think everyone would agree that people should look at a holistic person, what they've learned, what challenges they've overcome. Sure. But – What's been overturned are the racial quotas, and the left has lost its mind because they want racial discrimination to have a place in college admissions, and I don't think most Americans want that. And also the fact is that there was blatant racial discrimination against Asian Americans in these programs. I I heard before before California outlawed affirmative action, I had several friends in California who were told not to put Asian American on their applications because they wouldn't get into the University of California. Uh, schools, which is blatant discrimination if you're being ruled out because of your race. And so the left is completely ignoring that aspect while also mischaracterizing what the what the what the opinion said. Chatting with Tommy Piggott, RNC Rapid Response Director. Uh, Tommy, this past week, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said with a straight face that Americans feel better about their personal finances under Joe Biden's policies. I'm curious if you agree with that or not. <laughs> well, I wonder if she had just spoken Hunter Biden. Uh, that's the only uh, American I can think oh, of. He probably feels great about, about his finances, yeah. <laughs> the Biden family is not the only one I can think of who's riding high on Biden's policies. I, I mean, it, that's that's... That's so delusional. I mean, they they are so out of touch. They make Marie Antoinette look like a woman of the people. I mean, they they are so out of touch with the reality of what Americans are facing. I mean, it's poll after poll shows something like 80 percent of Americans say that Biden's policies aren't helping them, that they're worse off financially, that the nation's on the wrong track. So for them to say that Americans feel better because of Biden's policies, I, I don't know what poll they could be citing or what reality they're living in, but it's certainly not this reality. I have a feeling Joe Biden is going to really keep having to answer these questions about Hunter Biden's business deals. And so is KJP, for that matter. Um, I mean, we have the situation yesterday where Biden yelled at a reporter who asked him about his knowledge of Hunter's business deals. I'm seeing mainstream news outlets all kind of... Uh, start discussing this matter and you know especially in light of the whistleblower the irs whistleblowers and the text messages back and forth between the chinese uh, oligarch hey uh, you know uh my dad's sitting right here with me where's my money and then oh golly gee a week later the exact amount arrives in his bank accounts this i feel like is not an issue that's going to go away for uh joe biden and hunter for that matter 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it would be nice if he actually started answering some questions sure. as opposed to just yelling at reporters uh, about what he knew when he knew it, where he was uh, when it came to Hunter and the rest of his family's business dealings. I mean, it's just it's absurd for him to claim that he wasn't involved at this point when there's a mountain of evidence that suggests that he was. I mean, there's the WhatsApp message, other text messages, emails, on-the-record accounts, uh, visitors' logs, uh, a voicemail. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, it's at a certain point at what how much evidence do does the journalists really need or does the do Democrats really need to actually look into this? I mean, it's so obvious that there's a mountain of evidence that Joe Biden was involved in this or at least indicating that he was. But are you surprised, though, that networks like CBS are actually running stories about this? Because keep in mind, these are the same people who told us that the summer of love was mostly peaceful despite billions of dollars worth of damage. Well, it shows you how much evidence there is, right, that they're actually covering and it. They the can't ignore they, it, yeah. Like, yeah, they can't ignore it. They would go out of their way to talk about everything else. I mean, to be honest, they should have been talking about this since October 2020 when the laptop came out. I mean, we're talking that, you know, it's better late than never for a lot of these media organizations, but they still, I think a lot of journalists need to look at how they cover the laptop, how they cover this Biden influence peddling scheme, and then also look how they're going to cover this going forward. When you have someone like Merrick Garland who says that he did not interfere in this investigation into Hunter Biden, but then there's email collaboration from this whistleblower that really indicates that at the very least there was interference from someone at the DOJ. There's evidence and collaboration on one side. And so far, we haven't really seen any evidence to back up the claims from Merrick Garland and Joe Biden. So at a certain point, we need to keep on asking these questions, pressing these issues. And I think hopefully, and I'm not really holding my breath for this, but hopefully journalists and other organizations have learned their lesson from believing Biden's lies about the Hunter Biden laptop when it comes to other issues when it, on his influence peddling going forward. Last thing here before we let you go, Tommy, should the Republicans move forward, at least in the House, with trying to impeach Merrick Garland? Well, I think what they should do is first get into whether or not he lied about investigating. And Speaker McCarthy spoke to this, that if Merrick Garland lied and did interfere in Hunter Biden's investigation, if he lied and said under oath that, that David Weiss had charging authority in this case, when in reality he might not have, if he lied about that, then Speaker McCarthy has made very clear that the House will move forward with impeachment investigations. The House has been very good so far, unlike the Democrats, the House GOP has been guided by evidence, not a political vendetta. And I think they've been very conscientious to follow the facts. And I'm confident they're going to keep doing that. So if the facts lead to impeachment, that's exactly what I expect the House GOP to do. But I expect them, again, to be followed by the facts, not a political vendetta, which guided, which guided Adam Schiff and the rest of the Democrats when they had the majority. How's the push to get more Republicans registered to vote and to vote early? I know that's been a big talking point last couple of years. You guys launched a campaign about a month ago. How's it going? Well, it's going great so far. We're actually in the process of developing state-specific packages, state-specific websites where people can look up the specific rules when it comes to banking your vote early or protecting your vote. I strongly encourage every single person listening to go to bankyourvote.com to take the pledge to make sure that you bank your vote early and then find out information about how you can help us protect your vote as well. It's incredibly important. Uh, The chair likes to use the analogy of why wait to the fourth quarter to score points when you have every quarter to score points. We got to get those points on the board. We got to beat the Democrats at their own game. And bankyourvote.com, that's the way to do it. Tommy Piggott, RNC Rapid Response Director. Check out some of his work at RNC Research. Tommy, have a great 4th of July weekend. You as well. Thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.